This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we realize we shouldn't have left you without some dope sports to step to. We're talking NBA Finals. The matchup is finally set. We've got a voicemail, some NCAA football, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, I want to welcome you in. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. You can also check us out on the Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. We are excited, excited, excited to have you guys back with us. As always, welcome in my main man and yours, DJ High Star. What's good with it, bro? Dude, what's good? What's good? What's going on, Carolina Sports Talk Nation? Broski, man, it's been a little minute, man. We should, we, I know we, we really, really, you know what I'm saying? The folks was, we got some calls, we got some emails, some texts. Well, not emails, we got an email. Uh, but folks was wondering where we were last week, you know what I mean? Life be life, and sometimes, man, they, we 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 took a uh, a little break. Glad to have you back. Glad to be back with you. But what you been up to, man? You what you week off, man? What you do, bro? Um, just fresh off of the holiday weekend. Um, down with a couple of Carolina sports talk fans in Columbia. A fellow, well, not fellow, but Philadelphia Eagles and Los Angeles Lakers fan Ashton, our frat brother, and then also my main man Brandon. Man, he's a He's a new new uh, citizen of Carolina Sports Talk Nation, but he really, really loves the show. Um, I think he had got engaged a little bit on Facebook mm-hmm. in our last episode. But, yeah, we got to kind of fellowship down there in Columbia with the cookout vibes and all of that, playing cards, and it was a good time. Definitely was, definitely was, man. I enjoyed myself as well. Shout out to the, all the new listeners, all the old listeners, man. But, um you also spent nah. some some time in the studio uh, while you've been going away, yeah, weren't you? Just about to say, yeah. While I was down there, I kind of got to stay in Columbia a little bit longer and had a chance to um, get over there to Crux Crux Media Studios. Um, guest starred on. I told them pretty much it was a running joke that I did my Pat Beverly impersonation, really, and got to be on a DJ Blaze radio show. 
mm-hmm. and also Kane is Able podcast. So got to record a little bit over there and kick it with the fellas. That was definitely a good time. Word. You guys can check that out on the Crux Media family of podcasts. Anyway, you, as Be Easy likes to say, like to say, anywhere you get your podcast for free ninety nine, the DJ Blaze Radio Show is available. As is Kane is able. Uh, I like to you know give the pre warning. It's it's not Carolina sports talk. Uh, not quite as family friendly, but definitely some good content, man. Like uh, DJ Blaze is probably one of my favorite podcasts. And before becoming a podcaster. There weren't a whole lot of podcasts I was listening to, but that was definitely one of them, man. And then Kane is just a different type dude, man. But that's, that's a good guy, man. And so shout out to them boys, yeah. man. Glad you got a both chance to wrap boys, up. Right. Both of them boys, even though they're older than me, they definitely, I I, I would say personally I, that I fit right in and, um, you know, was able to just do my thing comfortably. They they kind of rolled out the carpet feed boy and, uh, and like just the conversation just flowed, man. They, those are some good guys, man. Yeah, definitely, man. So you guys check the, check those out on the show, uh, on your favorite podcast app. But meantime, in between time, Don, we listen. We miss some good sports, man. Uh, the NBA Finals have been set, bro. And uh, I think without further ado, man, let's let's jump straight in there. I'm gonna give you a little music to play into it, but let's jump straight in the NBA. Okay. What you think? Yeah, that's cool. And then there were two. So after uh, the playing games, yeah, Pat Beverly memes, Jokic <laughs> seemed like a long time ago. Forever. <laughs> the Luka talk. Um, and then, of course, the Lakers just not being present. Um, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. <laughs> the, the, the teams and the matchups have been set. Um, Golden State first clinched uh, against um, Dallas Mavericks in a game six last week. But... Um, more recently on Sunday, the uh, Boston Celtics beat the Miami Heat in South Beach in a game seven, 100 to 96, to go ahead and clinch and uh, their berth to the NBA Finals. So the finals are set. It will be the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the matchups are all set. Um, I did want to say shout out to the head coach of Boston, uh, Udoka. Udoka, they were running down his resume in one of the games. I don't know if you caught it, Big Cliff. And then we got a nice shout out to Low Gators uh, whenever they were kind of running down his resume. He was he was uh, one of those players back in the day for the North Charleston Low Gators. Oh, shout out to Dog. I didn't know that. No, I missed that part. Yeah. I, and, so I'll wait. I'll save that. Now I was getting ready to. Just start piling in on my uh, Celtic hate, but I'll I'll, I'll wait on you. Oh, Go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can save that. You can save that. <laughs> but no. Nah, um, yeah. So so shout out to him personally. That that's pretty much. Again, I, I give my respect to where do and and respectfully kind of show show reverence to the Marcus Smarts of the world and Jason Tatum just for their skills. But I'm 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 in your boat, but I'm more or less like. You know what I mean? Toward the the exit of the boat. I'm not all the way all the way in there on the hate like that. Like it's passionate. That's more so reserved for Boston Red Sox. But um <laughs> it should be a good matchup. Uh the Warriors and the and the Celtics. Um I asked you off off air on Sunday, kind of who you saw winning out of the heat and the Celtics. Um and you you know, you you definitely predicted the Celtics, uh prior to that game 
So definitely want to give you your credit as well. Begrudgingly, on, I wanted the I wanted the Heat to win, but yeah, begrudgingly, yeah. I felt like uh, Boston. Honestly, point blank, was just a better team. Um, yeah, and and credit credit to the Heat. I think on that to even push it to a game seven, but then the fight as they did all the way to the end of their game seven. Um, Jimmy Butler is getting a lot of flack for his shot selection at the end of the game, and then I see like a lot of times. Um, I see a lot of criticism with superstars play. Like they might drop 40, 45, you know, a couple games in a row. And then when they drop 27 or 30, then the, the sports analyst asks where they, where, where was he? And it's <laughs> like, come on, man. Like this guy's giving all he has blood, sweat and tears and everything like that. what do you think about the shot selection at the end of the game? If the, if the fans don't know, uh, it was maybe under a minute left. The Heat were down by two, mm-hmm. and they, they caught a rebound. Jimmy Butler comes down on a fast break uh, with only Al Horford in his way, and he pulls up for a three to try to, uh, to, try to take it. What did you think? I had zero problem with it. Um, if, if I'm being honest, people have raked LeBron James over the coals through the years for making the bright basketball play. You're the superstar. You're the best player on the team. You take that shot. You don't give the ball up and yeah, 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 yeah. And that's exactly what Jimmy did. Jimmy Bucket said, you know what? Hey, I know I I got Al Horford going backwards on skates right now. I could drive and get this too. But he also had been exerting himself to the point where he had played every, to that point, every minute of that game. Um, and, and was playing at full speed, full board, just like, yo, leaving it all out here on the table. There was no part of that man that wanted to go to overtime. I, I'm just convinced of it. And so for those two purposes, alone, for those two reasons alone, I ain't got no problem with what he did. Um, I, I really feel like you show, he showed himself to be the leader of that team, to be the guy that's like, hey, win or lose, it's going to be on my shoulders at this point. He had already hit a big three in the second quarter from the same spot on the other side. So, yeah, and I had zero problem with it. What about you? Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. It's one of those things where if he does make it, he's the hero and, and everybody, you know, looks at him differently and stuff like that. It's a bang bang situation. If he if he did drive, you know, to your point, fatigue wise, he had been playing the whole game. Um, a two pointer or at least getting to the free throw line is something that he very easily could have done. He knows that that high percentage is there for that. But at the same time, uh, you know, sometimes you got to go for the kill. And uh, and like you said, he, he probably just didn't want to go to overtime, really. Um, real quickly, I wanted to go over the injury report uh, for for the um, for, for the finals right now, the way that it looks. Uh, the only person that Boston has on the injury report is small forward Sam, Sam Hauser, uh, ruled out. But um, with the Golden State Warriors, both Gary Payton. Uh, the second and Andre Iguodala are both ruled out. And then Otto Porter Jr. is ruled day-to-day at this point. So we'll see so how is that, that um Is that for game one or for the entire finals? Well, no, it's just how it's listed now uh, okay. for game one and stuff like that. You know, how those type of things can change and, and, and get updated. But as of right now, that's how it's listed. Another question that I posed to you, um, you know, because we had so much time in between this show and the last show uh, this past or was it? Yeah, it was this past Thursday. It was last Thursday, rather. Um, when the Warriors clinched in the post game, Steph Curry and Draymond Green had an opportunity to go to um, 
inside the NBA's uh, panel mm-hmm. at the, during the post game, um, and Draymond was uh, posed the question uh, by Shaq and the and the fellas, uh, "Who is it that you want to see uh, in the finals?" Um, at that time, Boston and and Miami still had a game six and a game seven, if if necessary. Where we saw that it was necessary to play, and uh, Draymond um, ultimately was he answered. I'm going to end. He said, if you ask me who I want to play, I'm going to tell y'all who we're, who I think we're going to play. And that's the Boston Celtics at the end of the day. So when Miami surprised, uh, shocked the world and ended up beating Boston in Boston, six. Uh, yep. forcing the game seven, uh, both Udonis Haslam and PJ Tucker made it a point to say, tell Draymond, we said, thank you. Tell Draymond, we said, thank you as if um, that was the jolt or the bulletin board the material that they needed yep. to get through the rest, you know, of their series. And game sevens, again, they're, they're no joke. Uh, this, this series itself, it seemed like the away teams, for some reason, had some kind of advantage because they, they seemed to, to do their thing and silence the crowd a lot. But I asked you at that um, on Sunday, I believe, uh, if you had any issue with what Draymond said. Yeah, and I didn't. Um, he's in a unique position. Uh, one we'll talk about it a little bit later um, in Big Deal No Thing, but as an analyst, that's his job. In that moment, he's he's yes, he is still a player, but he is also contracted by Turner to be an analyst. And so he in that moment, he's out there with them doing his job. And so he's given a perspective and a reality that I don't think is out of bounds. Now, people can say, and like you mentioned a couple of players who – Oh, he's out of bounds. He was wrong for that. You don't talk about who. At the end of the day, the man was in journalistic mode. Like it wasn't on some hating. It definitely wasn't like your boy. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, um, oh man! Pat, 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 no, it wasn't like Pat Bev just going around just you know what I mean spitting for some ether just for the ratings. He was legit being honest and answering the question, which. You know, I get you're not supposed to do, and I get, but I get sick of hearing them same old. Well, you know, we uh we played a lot of team ball, yeah. The PA answers, man, come on, PC answers, like come on, bro. He's just being honest, being real, and and again, he didn't say, hey, yeah, nah, Miami trash. Them boy hurt too bad. They ain't gonna be nah. He was just being honest, and so I had zero problem with it. What about you? Yeah, yeah, um, the same situation. I think the way that uh the pseudo pressure that Shaq put on mm-hmm. Draymond. He mm-hmm. had to ultimately stand on his own. It's almost like as as the cues, you know, sometimes you'll have an older bruh pose the question to you where either either answer like they always <laughs> like to say or the famous thing is you're gonna always be wrong. Sometimes it's just about standing on your on your one too, you know what I mean? And and standing with your manhood resol- resolutely, if you will, and giving an answer. And exactly, and just sticking with it. Point, right, wrong, on right and, or wrong, and and and, and the only people uh, that probably would have had Boston are diehard, but um, excuse me, Miami, diehard Miami fans, and the, the players that played for Miami and the staff. Like outside of that, anybody with uh, with a brain and that saw the injuries <laughs> that they saw and saw everything on Game Five would have probably had the same answer. Draymond just had screaming fans behind him a panel of hall of famers. Um, and then, you know what I mean? And the cameras in his face. So you, you think it got gassed a little bit? Um, as far as like the like actual answer, saying, I was going to say the fallout from the answer. 
No, the answer itself. Right. Do you feel like they just put a little bit more mustard on it than what he's then taking it out of context from what he said, or you just think it was just the fact that he said in, it? Period. Right. You're you're asking like in the moment, or just everything that came from it? In other words, oh, everything came from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, it was it was given gasoline, and then of course with Miami, you know, with them winning again, that that just here, here goes some bulletin board material for us to mm-hmm. fight through this game six. Let's let's do the impossible, do what everybody doesn't expect us to do, or whatever like that. And Draymond just ended up being a figurehead for that, like somebody that they could that they could shoot at, um, you know, given that they won that game, which they did. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, outside of that, though, it, it seems to be a good matchup. I wanted to ask you offhand, though, do you have any X factors? or um, things to look out for with this series? I think this series is going to be determined, honestly, and I hate to say this. um, It's going to be determined heavily by Boston and whether they're able to make shots or not. Um, Both teams are young. Both teams are athletic. We know that the Warriors are are just one of the best shooting teams in just league history, really. But if if it's all going to come down to me, if – they are able if the Boston Celtics are able to make their shots because defensively they are a better team than Golden State. Um, it's going to take a lot more of an effort from what they had really throughout their playoff run in the East because no team in the NBA moves without the ball like the like the Golden State Warriors. And so Absolutely. they are going to have to stay on their toes. They are going to have to follow whomever doesn't have the ball. It's not just on ball defending and and, and that's it. No. Is they're gonna have to have their wind up. I'm hoping that they're healthy and and not just not putting something on paper. But the X factor is going to be for me whether or not Boston makes their shots. Because if you noticed in Game Five, um, when no, it was in Game Six against the Heat, they weren't making their shots. And defensively, they were still relatively sound. Had Miami made even ten additional shots, you've, you're talking about a completely different complexion. Uh, of that game going into the fourth quarter. Now, after that point, they was just kind of, you know, was what it was. But if Miami is able to make any of their shots, it's a whole different series. Boston cannot. Uh, what, game seven? Yeah, in game seven. I'm sorry. Game six, oh, okay. they won. Yeah. But in, in game seven, if they made their shots, it was a different game. They played harder. And even throughout that, that entire series, Boston can make shots. And when they make shots, they're, they're, their defense is just equally as good. And it's, they're a tough team to beat. I hate now. I want to say this publicly uh, across the airways for everyone to hear. There is no scenario that I want the Boston Celtics to win. I don't want like, ugh, I don't want them to win one game. If they get swept, I'm happy. But no, at the end of the day, I don't see that happening. Uh, we'll wait a minute on our predictions. But um, yeah, that's going to be the X factor. If they can hit their shots, if Jalen Brown can be knocked down, even if Marcus Smart, he didn't have to give him a whole lot offensively but if he makes one or two and and makes them have to guard him and respect that line al horford if he can come out and and actually be who he has been so far through this playoffs i really see them giving golden state some fits um who you got swing that question back to you who do you have as an x factor in this series uh definitely andrew wiggins Mm -hmm. um and then also um kaban looney because to me once it, it gets thin if a Kavan Looney is in foul trouble or if he has to be off the court for, for whatever reason. Um, his offensive rebounding and his putbacks 
a lot of times he catches an offensive rebound because um, a player drives or there's somebody that's he's on the backside and there's somebody that's double teamed on the strong side and the, the ball will come off of the, the backboard or the rim, almost like an alley-oop for him mm-hmm. a lot of times, the way that he's been getting these offensive rebounds. Um, and to your point, man, the motion of the Golden State Warriors, um, we kind of think alike because you, you, you mentioned it before I was able to, but there's there's nobody in the league that, that moves like Boston, I mean, like Golden State does. A lot of the, like, it's funny because a lot of the league has tried to adapt to what mm-hmm. Golden State used to do as far as heavy on the threes, right. where Golden State has just continued to evolve, where they, they know that their three-pointer is there with a lot of, and they have weapons behind the three-point line um, up to the point where they're com- Steve Kerr is confident if Moody's on the floor, if, you know, uh, of course he's injured, but Gary Payton, uh, the second is on the floor, and Jordan Poole, like, he's confident with them shooting threes or he gives the green light to Andrew Wiggins but to your point, if, if, the, if they have the ball and they give the ball up, there is constant movement versus the rest of the league, not just Boston, but the rest of the league seems to watch isolation ball and hero ball or feed it into the post, wait for a double team, and then try to, you know, you might see the ball go around the horn and kind of, you know, three or four passes until an open three happens, but everybody's standing in one spot. The mm-hmm. Golden State, I texted you uh, the other week. They're just simply poetry in motion, man. Like, they're it's literally so you know, like jazz music whenever you see them running their sets fluidly. Um, and that's, I think they had that issue when Steve Kerr was out with, when Steve Kerr was out with COVID, they had the issue of just finding their pace. But once they find their pace, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a different story a lot of times with Golden State. I love that analogy that you just used um, with regards to jazz, because even though jazz is a lot of improvisation, you still get used to and the flow of the the musicians that you're playing with. And so you know how to set one another up. You know how to fall back when another guy is stepping forward or I mean, and just play off one another. And even like I said, it is that improv. There's still that element of, because we've played together because I know you because we fundamentally understand the music itself. It's, it's still very mm-hmm. much execution flawlessly. And I, and I see a lot of that when golden state is playing. Now I, I mentioned back when they were in the um, series against the Grizzlies that they weren't. And that's why you, you had them down by 50 in some games where they were just kind of playing around, not taking it serious, not in that fluid uh, warrior style of basketball, but it's it's a beautiful thing to be randomly. You know who I would hate to be right now, or who it must suck to be, Kent Bazemore. Uh, for those of you who aren't mm. familiar with Kent, Kent was a member of the Golden State Warriors, um, and he was there during during the two lull years. And it's like you know what, I'm going to chase this ring. I'm going back to I'm going I'm going out here to L.A. I'm going get get this championship with LeBron and the King. And doesn't make it to the playoffs. And now here the Golden State Warriors are back in the finals soon right. as he leaves. <laughs> and then actually, it's actually awesome uh, alley-oop that you're throwing to me, though. Uh, brings me to my next point. There was, a, there was a team that did make the playoffs this year, high expectations all year, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And they had two uh, superstars on their team who elected to go to the Brooklyn Nets, um, mm-hmm. talking about, KD and Kyrie. Now, 
looking in hindsight, Kent Bazemore style, both KD and Kyrie's former teams are facing each other in the finals. So if I had to ask you which player do you regrets it the most, who would you say uh, regrets it the most as far as um, leaving leaving their former team and, and chasing, you know, or, or going to uh, Brooklyn? First of all, no regrets. <laughs> no. Um, I honestly, and I, I hate to like remix your question. I don't think either of them really regret it. Now, which one of them should regret it the most? Without doubt, it's got to be KD. Mm. He, KD left Golden State in the attempts of being, quote unquote, the man of his own team. He has shouldered that bear and, and or bared that responsibility. Yeah, let's rock with that. He's bared that responsibility for the past two seasons, one of which we understand he wasn't healthy. He missed that whole one season or whatever. But, whatever. Um, but the last two years, that team has rested exclusively on his shoulders, whether it be them size 16, 17s being a little too long and being on that three-point line, whether it had been this year with all of the back and forth with Kyrie, he left a team that has, had he stayed there, there's no doubt in my mind that they went four, maybe five, not four, not five, not six, not seven. <laughs> like they legit would have would have did what LeBron was screaming that he was going to do in Miami and they would have won. Even had Clay gone out and KD stayed in, that team was, was still a playoff, not just a playoff contender. They were probably would have been the favorites in the West, despite LeBron, all of that. Um, so I think the one that should absolutely be or have the, the, the most regrets is definitely KD. Which way are you leaning? Um, the only the only reason that I would even contemplate or think about it a little bit longer and, and, and think about the situation Kyrie is in is because of KD's injury toward the end of his time with Golden State. But um, with Kyrie, it's just like, I mean, I don't know if it was shots Marcus Smart was taking at, at Kyrie, but he made mention to, you know, him being a leader of the team and, and, you know, kind of how far they've gotten and stuff for him being a good fit for the type of DNA that, you know, Austin has caused. But Kyrie seemed to have pieces around him. Again, there's another, there's another level that you get to that only comes with age in professional sports whenever it comes to sports entertainment. And that's the player slash executive role. Mm -hmm. And very few players are, um, are granted that, that, you know, uh, privilege, but in Boston had, he had better relationships with the front office and things like that. You know, you have your say so on certain pieces and things like that, but, you know, just looking, looking, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But looking forward, after he made his decision and how strong of a nucleus Boston, even heck, looking at whenever he was injured and out, uh, Boston, you know, had their nucleus and and how strong their nucleus is. Uh, you know, I know we hate on Boston, but the passion that they play with and stuff like that, and how they play together, it's something that you don't. That, that, you know, you got to roll the dice on in a lot of NBA teams if you're going to have a cohesive team or if you're not. So um, those are the only reasons I would kind of uh, lean toward Kyrie. But both, again, is, is situations where, you know, they're both. And then also with, with the Brooklyn situation, you know, had he been in Boston as far as with COVID vaccine and stuff like that, he might have 
been able to play a couple more games this season or whatever like that. And, uh, and been, it had been less controversy, but it's just two situations where they're both chilling, uh, you know, whoever's couch and, at, at uh, the crib <laughs> and, and, yeah, and watching, watching the game from afar. Another reason for me that Kyrie, I guess, wouldn't have regretted it as much is he hated Boston, just the city, the yeah. fans. Because even when he was there, a lot, and we've we've seen it. There's a whole TikTok, YouTube, uh, everything. There's videos everywhere of how he had, was responded by the city once he returned. But there's also footage out there of how they treated him when he was there. Um, mm. There have been some who, from the beginning of his Boston tenure, who did not want him there, and they made sure that their voices were vocal enough to be heard both uh, I think in the front office as well as in the stands. Um, so Kyrie never would felt comfortable in Boston and honestly mm. not sure that that was a, a city that he even enjoyed or had any desire to, to want to stay in. And so I think KD's only reason was really because he wanted to quote, be the leader of his team as where Kyrie, yeah. he had a plethora of reasons to get up out of there. So um, yeah. I, I think both of them, and I mentioned it on the air, both of them are in a unique position this year or next season that a healthy Ben Simmons will contribute to that team. Um, he just needs to go see a sports psychologist, get the yips out of him or whatever they want to call it or whatever's going on with him, get that figured out. And athletically, he has the capability to be what that team needs to really contribute and be a good team. So um, I think they'll be okay in, 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 um, in Brooklyn. I don't see them winning a chip, either of them there, but... We'll see. And it, yeah, it doesn't get said enough uh, with KD's run in in Golden State, but physically speaking, like athletically, mm-hmm. he's he's the alpha. Then skill wise, and just pure skill and, and and shot making and stuff like that, Steph is the alpha. And then leadership wise, Draymond, Draymond is the alpha. So it was you know to your point, is so many different moving pieces that where. Everybody could feel like they're the man or, or so many chefs in the kitchen where, you know, if you have a problem with your teammate, they're not necessarily going to think that they're wrong if you bring something up to them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. because, they're, again, the, the alpha situation, we saw that unfold a lot of times as far as the contention in, in Golden State when KD was there. So uh, moving in. Well, well, go ahead. Real quick before you get, get off that. True or false? If KD and Draymond don't False. get into it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> if KD and Draymond do not get into it and have that blow up argument that you, you you're familiar with, and for those of you who may not remember, uh, basically Draymond told him, "Yo, you a B. We don't need you. Yo, like we was winning chips for you. Got here, bro. If you don't want to be here, slide. Like dip." And like was barking at him and like selling out on the court. You know, in a game. If they don't have that blow up, KD stays in Golden State. True or false? False. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, um, Draymond, the 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 fervor that he was speaking with, um, he had that in, he had that inside information, and whether it happened on the court, or it happened at a practice, or it happened at a team meeting, it was going to come out, and the tensions the tensions were going to build again with the multiple alpha personalities and stuff like that. Um, so I think it was more or less inevitable. Um, with the personality that KD has and with the representation that KD has as far as agents and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it was, it was something where they, they were going to kind of, all right, 
MVP, your finals MVP here. You got your rings. Let's go and see what we could do somewhere else, especially with this nowadays NBA, um, where it's not the sexiest stay with one team for uh, you know eons of years and stuff like that. It's 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 kind of a microcosm to today's working world as far as the younger generation when they're working. Like they're not going to stay at a company for more than two or three years Facts. before they look for that. <laughs> Or they look for that raise or, or oh, that. Um, gotta go get my bag. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. And they leverage themselves or value themselves more than they value the company that they, um, you know, work for and stuff. And that's kind of where agents and stuff, again, come into play and they, they make you feel how valuable you actually are. They'll mm-hmm. show you the numbers. They'll show you, yo, this is, this is what we can do. This is what we can get you, you know. So there's a lot of moving parts, but I think it was inevitable. Yeah, and, and and even with the chance to play for um, or continue to play for Steve Kerr, who is um, surprisingly, I want to say, one of the best coaches in in the league. Um, I a lot. I had feelings about Steve Kerr when he first came in because what Mark Jackson had done to build that team, and then here he comes swooping in and winning championships. But um, the tempo that they run and 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 the scheme is very much so centered around um, Steve Kerr's perspective, and so. Definitely, you know, makes a difference whether the coach, who the coach is, and you know what they're able to do. But it would have been dope to see KD stay there. I saw an awesome graphic where it says Steve Kerr has reached the finals in the last four decades. Really, nineties with the Bulls, the two thousands with the Spurs, mm. the twenty tens with the Warriors, and then now in the twenty twenties with the Warriors as well. But um, I don't know, man. You you really feeling John Stockton ish today, bro? Because that's another alley oop you threw <laughs> to me. Um, you know, speaking of uh, head coaches and, and things like that, you know, we got uh, a black head coach to go ahead and salute. And no, we're not talking about Mike Brown. Uh, we already did him <laughs> up if we could. I'm sorry, but <laughs> bro, why we, <laughs> but t- we don't talk about Mike Brown. <laughs> <laughs> But um, staying in the Golden State, if you will, so to speak, in the state of California, down in Los Angeles, uh, you guys in Los Angeles. Okay. um, Okay. Along with, you know, what the Clippers are doing on their side of town, you guys have made, (laughs) you guys have definitely made some some newsworthy um, moves or whatnot. Do you want to go ahead and intro that? Because I, I sure don't. Ladies and gentlemen, the Los Angeles <laughs> right, Lakers right. have hired their next championship winning coach, Mr. Darvin Ham, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. Listen, I was waiting. <laughs> I hit the button. I was waiting. I was like, oh, so we're just not going to get this man no, no claps up? Okay. Yeah, nah, bro. Honestly, it's a good hire to me. Um, uh, and I hate to come. This sounds like Cliff. Well, first of all, relax. <laughs> but, Every other take that you have, whenever it comes to your team, <laughs> go ahead. Though all the excitement and enthusiasm until he exactly. gets out there and he's a bum. No, here's <laughs> here's why it's a good good thing that I or here's why I feel like it's a good thing. He is a player's coach. He is a former player. He is an individual who has the respect of the team. Your boy Vogel was a sitting duck. After that championship that he won in the bubble, the very next season, he lost that team. And you could almost see it in that moment when they did. And and and, and it was tough. 
But last season was just really, really horrible to watch because they did not respect him. They weren't listening to him. Players were telling him he was telling players to come out. They wouldn't come out. Other assistant coaches had to come and step up. It's like, yo, y'all got to let that man live. And then the beef with him and Russell Westbrook. Now, I want to say this with take this with a grain of salt. Frank Vogel holds some of the responsibility as to why Westbrook did not acclimate fully into the system um, and become his, his full potential self in LA. Now, that being said, some could be 7%. It could be as much as maybe 20%, but at least 80% of that is Westbrook's fault. Point blank period. He did not play well and he did not make the decision hard for Vogel to bench him in the fourth quarters, to bench him in key minutes when a, a superstar point guard is supposed to be on the court. So that that's just his fault. He's got to play better. I believe Darvin has that ability to reach him and to incorporate him into the offense to allow him to be um, at least a glimmer of himself. And if nothing else, to allow him to be who he needs to be long enough for us to raise the trade value to then trade him for Kyrie Irving. But all of that being said, we'll save that for, you know, later on in the season. But no, I think it's a good hire. Um, the team seems to to really um, be excited about the hire, starting from the top. Uh, I say it's from the top. Starting from LeBron James all the way down. Um, they, they like him. He, he's familiar with the organization. He was an assistant from uh, with the Lakers from 2011 and like 13. Um, I, I think he, having been around the team in those losing seasons, knows what how bad that sucks, and that's not something he wants to repeat. And so coming back to L.A. and, and actually being the head coach this time, he's going he's gonna to do what he can and, and, and what needs to be done to get us to that position. Okay. Yeah. Um, with his playing days, who did he who, who did he play with? I, I want to say Cleveland bad, but who did he play with? It was either like Cleveland or Detroit or um, okay. along the lines, but I can look it up while you, while you um, right. are checking that. Because there was, again, just watching, there was a still shot of – there was a still shot of um, of Steph Curry. Um, he was playing against Udoka mm. uh, back in the older Warrior, like really before Steph had the facial hair, and it was the older Warrior, the Monte Ellis Warrior jerseys and stuff like that, the Jason jerseys, and he was playing against them. But I, I'm curious because now that I'm thinking about it, if um, Darvin Ham played on that Cleveland, any of the Cleveland teams with LeBron. Uh, mm. I'm not sure if he did. I, uh, you, looking you, at it, it, I was going to say, it looks like he played against him. You were, you were, you were right uh, with the Detroit thing. I think uh, okay. he, uh, he played on Detroit back in the day, 2003 to 2005. So the early years they played against each other in the East, but he, he never was a teammate. Yeah, and more specifically in the same division where, you know, you got the cross town uh, or just the, you know, road trip teams that you kind of Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, mm-hmm. Minnesota and stuff like that. So, so familiarize. So right. They should saw each other a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully that uh, familiarity will allow them to gel. And uh, LeBron's excited about it. Um, I'm not going to get quite as excited. I'm kind of holding some reserve, kind of like I'm doing with the Panthers this year. It's like, I'll believe it when I see it. Let's, let's, 
it, it looks the part, but I'm interested. Honestly, there's not a whole lot we can do based on the cap, based on um, the millions of dollars that we still got to pay. Uh, LeBrick, I'm not not LeBrick, Westbrick. Yeah, yeah, no, you got it right. Westbrick, no, all of them. But listen, I, I I am not one of these guys who is a LeBron fan. If you have ever heard Carolina Sports Talk, you know that Big Cliff is not, I repeat, is not a LeBron James fan. He's cool. I appreciate him coming and getting us a chip in 2020. You feel me? But at the end of the day, if we could trade that dude and get anything of substance back, bye, holla. I will catch you on the flip, my guy. Um, But at the end of the day, he is a Laker, so I'm going to be loyal to him while he's wearing the purple and gold. Um, But we've... There's not a whole lot of room or space really for us to do anything other than hope that, you know, Darvin's good at his job, that he earns his money, unlike the players did last year. So that'll be that. Uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for (laughs) NBA. Let's move forward into some NCAA football. Now, I don't want to get into any of the on-field stuff just yet because, oh, man, I could. (laughs) Dog, do you you smell it? It almost smells like college football but anyway not just yet it's just still summer so we got a little bit of time but um mr nick saban one of the greatest coaches in the history of college football recently made some questionable comments regarding players and the nil uh if you guys missed it nick basically said that texas a&m bought all of their players and that even jackson state's out here offering kids a million dollars to come play football for them as if somebody did wouldn't want to go to an hbcu unless they were getting paid a million dollars but neither here nor there it's raised an already contentious conversation to a higher level um so my question to you dj highstar with the state of nil do you think that eventually or sooner than not later that the NCAA itself is just going to crack and the power five is going to separate? I've been calling it for a while. Uh, and yeah, so, so to answer your question in a short version, yes, but um, it, it's funny, man. So, cause it seems like it's imploding versus exploding. Um, and, you know, listen, Along with Coach Prime, because I don't want to give him all of the credit, uh, but his yeah. cachet and stuff like that, and the, the decision that he made to coach at Jackson State and take on that challenge is in its own way paying off, if mm-hmm. you will, um, and showing a lot of these other big coaches that respectfully have felt thought of themselves as gods and uh, kings of their respective states and stuff like that and regions that hey you know everybody could get got you know what i'm saying Um, but yeah (laughs) and then also i think sec has been in talks uh about uh having a playoff game their own playoff game or playoff vibe i believe yeah uh, rather than just the conference championship to have a little mini playoff towards it it makes sense i do have to take a moment to pause to acknowledge uh deon sanders uh, I've on this air <laughs> on this show multiple times. And this is Carolina sports talk. It's your man, big cliff sitting in with my dog, DJ high star. Um, I've said multiple times that, Oh, he's not the one the catalyst that's going to happen without him. And, and I, I, I still hold true to that, but I will be honest and I'm going to just keep it a buck and say this, what he is doing at Jackson state has transformed that program. They will never be the same. Even after he goes, if he quits tomorrow, 
that school is better off for the years for the tenure that he has spent there. He, with his knowledge of the system and how it works, with his personality, with his personal connections, have he has invested in that school and raised their profile to the point that that I, that program will never be the same. It will take just everybody completely abandoning everything that he's been doing, from the facilities to um, the players that they're getting, um, even the the teams that they're trying to match up with. Uh, there was another HBCU coach there in the state of Alabama that said, "Hey, Alabama, y'all don't even play us." Now, granted. I don't know why they would want Alabama playing some of them HBCUs. Like I get Jackson State maybe in two years being at a point to be ready. Or like if you consider here in the state of South Carolina, um, the Gamecocks have played South Carolina State University. They've played, they wouldn't dare play Benedict, um, but they've played smaller schools. State has all, South Carolina State has also played Clemson. They play the in-state big ACC, SEC schools. But even with that, they aren't the same level, I think, as Alabama those ACC and SEC schools here in South Carolina. So I get it. I see why Alabama really wouldn't want to waste their time playing some teams like that. There's no benefit for their starters other than to be up by 71 in the first four minutes of the first quarter and then fall back and let some of those other second and third and fourth and water boy and anybody who's on the intramural squads play. I mean, I could get that, but it's not a benefit for them to play. But all of that being said, NIL has changed the landscape of college football. HBC forever. Forever. Um, it's almost like the, the NCAA said, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. And it was like, yo, we're going to get it. Well, you know what? Fine. You want it? Huh? It's yours. We ain't doing nothing with it. Now see how it work out for you. And just let folks wild with it. The NIL and even the transfer portal. Because the two together, I think, if had they been individual, and for those who may not be as familiar... NCAA currently has rules that once upon a time where the transfer rule was, oh, you can't leave or you've got to wait a year after you transfer to be able to be eligible to play. I can transfer tomorrow and go play at any other school. You couple that in with the fact that name, image, likeness. Now you got boosters who can offer me $50,000 a, a, a month in some instances, signing contracts for $600,000, $800,000 with Cadillac dealerships like you are very much buying players and they can transfer and go play at any point even with the four four game rule you have up to four games that you can play in a season and then say okay well you know what I'm out of here I'm not doing this and that doesn't count against your eligibility as a full year that year and so there have been players in other at others at certain schools Clemson did it with their quarterback a few years ago um, who comes, plays four years, four games, and says, you know what, I'm out, I'm transferring. And then the next year, I'm eligible to go and play wherever I want to without that loss of eligibility year. So it, 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 it the, the whole thing right now is absolutely the wild, wild west. Um, and if I'm being honest, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and the, the one point of contention that you'll always hear with the transfer portal thing um, is – you know, coaches, they get to do what they, you know, whatever, and they, mm-hmm. they'll recruit this class, and then they up whenever, you know, a better offer comes. And um, for NIL, I guess my contrarian argument would always be, well, hey, the, these coaches are professionals. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're under contracts, and they're actually getting money and stuff like that. Now it's the same for the players. So it's Facts. like <laughs> – them boys, they got it even to play a field. The number one wide receiver in the country left Oklahoma, and his whole recruitment 
was like, like it was like it felt like free agency in the NFL. And although it wasn't to that degree or to that high enough level, it's like, yo, this is real. Like, who wanted come get it, come buy it type status. Texas, and I, I cannot confirm or deny whether or not Texas A&M bought their class, but they got a whole bunch of good players, man. And so it's going to be interesting to see if and how Alabama is able to contend with that and deal with that over in the SEC. So definitely be interested to see and kind of watch an eye on that for the NL, NIL for the rest of the year, rest of the summer, rather. One Go ahead. Thing. Yeah, you know me, king controversy, but outside of Deion Sanders' uh, retort and, and remarks, that was a good it's a good couple of days of white-on-white white violence right there, man, that we saw. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but those country boys was going at it, weren't they? <laughs> Y'all, again, I... So those who don't know, DJ Hostess, that's a long laugh, and they still, still, they, they're pretty amused with that. I'm a funny that. guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a funny uh-huh. guy. So those who don't, don't, don't know, if you don't know, you don't know. Those who may not know, DJ Hostess is also a comedian. I, however, don't apparently be, I'm not an engineer at, like, late at night. So anyway, moving right along, we have. An, oh, man. You didn't want to touch that. <laughs> I'm not at all, bro. Yo, relax. Pause. Pause. Always fired up. No, I'm not. All right, all right, all right. We can move along. We have an email slash voicemail from my guy Trey. Man, Uh, shout out to Trey. Trey is one of our longtime listeners and uh, overall good guy. So here's his message, and we'll reply in just a second. Yo, yo, what up, Big Cliff? Shout out your man's DJ High Star. Carolina Sports Talk, man. Y'all really putting on for the city, for the Carolinas. Appreciate y'all, boys. Um, I wanted to call in and get y'all opinion. Um, Brittany Griner, her 100 days where she's been detained over in Russia for the weed pen. Um, the 100-day mark has just passed. And I'm seeing a lot of narratives, people saying she was illegally detained um, and things of that nature. If it was LeBron or Steph Curry, you know, they'd be home by now. So, again, I had this thought a couple weeks ago, um, but I, I don't want um, I don't want black women to hate me. I, I don't I don't want, I don't I want to be an ally to black women. So I kept this thought to myself. But if she did have said weed pen in a country where that's illegal and they detained her. Is she being illegally detained? Um, again, I, I don't want to be the bad guy here. So, I, you know, I knew I could bring this to my boys where we could have some real conversation. So I had to call in. I want y'all opinion. Let me know. Don't get canceled. All right. Peace. Yo, all right. First of all, thank you, Trey, for that uh, message. Uh, we will definitely try not to get canceled. Um, oh, I can speak for me. I can't speak too much for High Star. But anyhow... Hi, sorry, I'll let you take this one first. Go. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Trey, that's my that's my brother from another mother. And um I I often the thing about Trey that a lot of the audience doesn't know is he too is a contrarian in a lot of ways. We've <laughs> had our pilots um pilot uh podcasts in the past and 
and had different um, experimental podcasts in the past with you, myself, and him. Where mm-hmm. he, he's gotten it seemed seemingly gotten under your skin with with different uh, <laughs> different questions and different <laughs> viewpoints and stuff like that of his. And it, again, it's a lot of times he seems like a contrarian. With when he's spot on and saying the unpopular thing, uh, I don't know that again the political intricacies of everything do that. The problem with the problem with us as black people is we have to always be perfect, pretty much perfect. So, mm. um, so you know, room for any Ryan Lochte type of stuff going on. We can't always depend on, oh, I'm just going to get a slap on the wrist and I'll be fine and stuff like that. When people want to go that extra mile with us, whenever it comes to uh, punish crime and punishment or, or justice, they certainly will take opportunities to do so. So um, with all that being said, that's always been back of my head is, um, you know, again, what, what really was in the pen, if they did determine it to be marijuana, is it really wrong for her to, you know, be punished for what she, what she did? Now the question then comes up on is how cruel the punishment is and is it justified with, uh, with what she did. So that's kind of where I'm at a crossroads at because that's where my knowledge uh, naively enough gets, gets kind of foggy. And, and um, I don't know too much about the situation, but being a man of accountability, you do the crime, you know, you know, as it's time. So it's, it's just an uncomfortable conversation to have at the end of the day. You never want to see anybody suffer the way women have suffered. Um, you want to see our home, but there's a piece that, that goes in there that we have to acknowledge, which was the catalyst of all of this and getting caught with what she got caught with. In the United States, um, excuse me, in Russia, much to the um, similarities of the United States, when you do crime, you do have to, in fact, do the punishment. What has allowed this situation to be different, I think, um, is that she's transcended from being a criminal being an individual who broke a law in a foreign country to now being a political prisoner with the climate that Russia is in with their war in Ukraine, the stance that the United States has not only taken, but led with other countries around the world to um, abolish, not even abolish to admonish, if you would Russia and their activities in Ukraine Russia said, oh, yeah, we got your girl here. She ain't going nowhere. She has actually not only been held and detained for 100 days, she's not yet been, what's the equivalent here, brought up on arraignment, um, formally charged with anything at this point. So it's not so much about, oh, she's doing the punishment for her crime. She's being held without a trial. She's just being held for the sake of, oh, we got her. We ain't giving her up unless y'all trying to give us one of ours back. So she's absolutely a political prisoner. She's not had her fair day in court, which is even the policy, even though their laws are a little bit different there in Russia. They're just holding her for the sake of knowing that she's an American. They're at war with someone who America is not pleased with them being at war with. Um, if you can even call it a war, because Russia is really just touring with Ukraine, but whole different thing. We're not getting into the politics here. Um, she's, she's being un- unlawfully detained because she 
has not been given her due diligence or her due justice, her opportunity to have an uh, have a trial, have the punishment be served. So at this point, it is very much unfair for the way that she's handled had been handled. For those who say if it was LeBron or if it was Steph Curry, uh, they'd have been home. Blah 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 blah. Possibly there there is a chance that that is the difference. But the same or that that is the case. But the same thing can be said that if Biden, oh, goodness, Obama or Biden had done something that you or I had done, there's a separate set of consequences based on who it is. If a male or a female uh, or gen, and I have not get into gender orientation and like that, but if a man does something and a woman does something, there are different consequences based on who they are. If you commit a crime and I commit a crime, we're, st- we're both black men, but because I am of a different stature, there's going to be a different perspective or a different optics associated with it. So it's not fair to um, to compare apples to oranges. Um, point blank period at the end of the day, Brittany Griner is being held unlawfully and is a political prisoner at this point. Um, so, yes, she was wrong. She should not have taken the thing out there. And, yes, she should have to have some retribution and or punishment for whatever crime she's paid however this is excessive it is illegal and she needs to either be returned home or given the opportunity because they've pushed her date for the trial back three times already and have just been holding her her wife has not seen her her family members have not heard from her the only individuals who have been in communication with her at this point are now state department members um they've the family has been kind of asking biden to to make it happen and honestly, I think that they will, but at what cost? And and, and it's it's unfortunate that a, a world power can bully a country, but it is what it is. So no, we're not going to get canceled, bro. Um, I think <laughs> she was wrong. We I think we're all in agreement that you wrong. You do you got to you got to you got to do repay or serve time or um, retribute in one way or another. But this has just been excessive. Is the biggest reason very excessive. Yeah, that's the perfect word for it. Excessive. Yeah, so shout out one more time to Trey for that. Uh, hopefully we didn't, you know, we didn't tiptoe too badly around you guys for you, bro. The rest of you guys, if you are interested in having your voicemail sent in or you want to send us an email, hit us up at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net to have your voicemails played on the air and or your questions read and you get a prize pack too. So shout out to Trey again. At this time, it is time for Big Deal No Thing. And see, I told you, it's been so long, I don't even have my sounders together. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. You know the segment, we tell you headlines from across the sports world and let you know if it's a big deal or no thing. First up, Tank Davis knocks out Roley Romero in the sixth round. Big deal or no thing? I'm going to say big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> nah, that ain't no thing. Yeah, I hear laughing at the boy. Go ahead, man. Right now, because I was I, look the if I'm if I'm being pure sports analyst, DJ High Star is no thing for me. But a few things, a couple things, why it's a big deal. It put ten dollars in my pocket. Hey. Right, shout out to shout out to Brandon. Thank you, thank you for that, brother. Um, but also, <laughs> something had to be done with the trash talk of Roly Romero. You know, it wouldn't have looked right if if Romero would have pushed it to a decision or even possibly won with the type of trash talk that he did. And after you give your answer, I have one quick question with regards to this fight and, and, and fighting in general. My answer might not might might change the proclivity of your question. But, bro, I said it's no thing because I'm kind of not into boxing anymore. Okay. Like, 
okay. I, I started watching the fight. You know, we were down there. Um, that was the night that I saw uh, y'all in Columbia, right? And the fight. Absolutely. I left. I, the fight was coming on. I was like, yeah, now nah, I'm getting up this road, man. I'm going to holler at y'all, boy, later. And slid. Not didn't feel like I missed anything. Everybody's like, oh, the fight, the fight, the fight. I didn't, had, I didn't pay attention to the hype beforehand. Um, yeah, nah, I just, nah, I'm good on fighting right now. Uh, it doesn't change anything with my question. Okay, shoot. But um, yeah, I, I'll have to share this clip with you of the pre, pre-fight trash talk from Romero. Okay. And it, it is 100% true, and it actually happened, but it looks like something out of like Key and Peele or a sketch show, bro. I got to share it with you. But um, is the swagger in the pre-fight game and the building up the fight just as important as the performance in the ring? Without doubt. Because you got to give the people a show. And, and I think that's one of the things that has separated me for the... Because I used to love boxing. And granted, it was a while ago, but... Boxing, UFC, I, I enjoyed them for a while, but it's like now it's like the same old thing. It's how the NBA was for a, a few years where it was just like, yo, this is boring. I don't want to watch this. I'm good. And so um, fighting for me has been that. Now, if you get some folks who are going to be able to trash talk and have some personalities, um, then, yeah, I might I might watch it. Um, that's the only reason I still am entertained by UFC because it's something different than I've always seen and – it's new. It's it's refreshing and it's still good. Um, traditional boxing, I'm not gonna say it's dead, but it's beep, beep, beep. It's on its last lifeline. lifeline. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So. Um. There's and the the thing is, there's there's plenty of great talent out there right now. Mm-hmm. There really is, but there's nobody to to glue it all together. I hate to bring up Don King, uh, but your LRBs of the world. And what Floyd has tried to do post his career, mm-hmm. Oscar De La Hoya tried to do post his career, uh, fit, what they say, it fails or whatever in comparison to what Don King was able to do, man. And, and Legendary. What, the hype uh, master, man. You know, as far as building up the fights and then uh, even the pre-fights and stuff like that, the stuff leading up to the fight, Bob Arum. Uh, guys like this, when they put the fights together, they're able to make it a full production and something that you could look forward to all the way through. If it's a, a favorite um, that, that you have in it, somehow it's positioned where you like, oh, man, if this guy just gets knocked out, this and that. But with the competition a lot of these guys are playing, excuse me, fighting against, it doesn't it doesn't match up to where – you can even like like I easily made my bet on a Saturday night because Roly Romero is the part. He's a he's a he was physically he's larger than and stuff like that. Pause, but he um it's just you know above me. I don't want to say it. Say it. Go shout ahead. out shout out to my shout out to my DP. But it brought me back to the Sam Burr's days in, in uh, Orangeburg. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a. Uh, a different time <laughs> that was a different time indeed man i'm not even gonna touch it because if i was gonna do it if, pause i'm not gonna yeah yo relax here's my question to you name three promoters not named don king and oscar de la hoya active lrb 
Uh-huh. Bob, yeah, Bob, Bob Aram. Is he still active? And, uh, yeah, and okay. then Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Floyd and again, this so well, and and the thing is, is it's almost it's an open market. It's like it's like if we were going to school in Orangeburg, and you know the you're, again, I don't I don't want to keep it regional because a lot of our audience doesn't know him, but Kershaw George. One of the larger party <laughs> promoters, one of the larger party promoters at the time that we were in Orangeburg, one of the main party promoters, if he just got off of the scene and it was like open season for everybody to try to throw parties. Or it's out right now. Yeah. Even our chapter brother, um, you know, shout out to Mo 10 promotion. If he stopped doing what he does at Claflin's homecoming every year and everybody just it was open season for everybody to have a party. Kind of wild, wild west at that point. Exactly. And sure, it would be great. You know, it could be great productions put together, but it would be too scattered around and stuff like that. So the talent itself is scattered around. The matchups aren't matching up to where you would want to see these fights. Um, Like you, like, especially in the eighties and the nineties, boxing at its heyday. But even in the early two thousands, when you had your, Roy Jones Juniors, when you had your Klitschko's, mm-hmm. uh, Lennox Lewis's of the world, they were they were you know what I mean? They were Man. fighting each other and stuff like that, and and, and making these good good bouts. Um, and it's not the case anymore right now. We might have to get some guys on and, and do a boxing special, man. Uh, the state of the boxing world or fight world, and kind of talk about what they can do to kind of get that to a different place. But uh, as we move forward, and big deal, no thing. Next up. Colin Kaepernick works out with the Las Vegas Raiders. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. I agree. Why you say? Because you said. Nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's listen. It, it is what it is at this point, and it ain't what it ain't. Um, <sighs> I, I bought this up um, with. I bought this up with Kane. And be easy on Kane is able, mm-hmm. um, but he's got his check from Nike, and he's got his settlement check already as well. So the brother has gotten some, some you know, got some ends. Bread in the bank account. Yeah. yeah, and I think we we talked a lot on here, but talent wise, those defensive ends not getting no slower. I don't want Jordan Davis. Charlotte's very own. I don't want him coming after me from the from the uh, you know the defensive line as far as like a tackle or something like that. Uh, you know what I mean? They, these guys are fast. Then not to mention a linebacker position and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, as as you were sitting and working out on the side and doing what you were doing, people kept playing and, and people kept getting better. The game started to morph where these players started to evolve into aliens, man. So. And they always been that, but my thing is this: I'm not gonna believe the hype until I see him ink a deal on somebody's pieces of paper. He can come in for all the workouts that they want to do. Um, they can bring him in for an interest meeting and have him. I, none of that matters. Sign the paper, bring him in, let him play. And even once he signs the paper, I'm very likely not going to believe it until he is on the, somebody's field playing a game. So other than that, it's no deal for me. No big deal for me. Next up, Greg Olson is named to Fox Sports lead booth for 2022. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. 
Huge deal. That's a big deal. Pause. Why you say it, bro? <laughs> well, yeah, no, nah, definitely pause. Um, but no, um, Greg Olson is just one of the um I think you could you can remind me of the um awards that he's won whenever he was in the uh league. One thing he's gotten nominated for a man of the year in the league, and he's always seemed to be a player's player. It's gonna be good. We're gonna talk about another situation but it seems like the media guys are in trouble right now um a lot of these (laughs) people that actually put the pads on and put their uniforms on are starting to get these jobs y'all and 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 it's crazy to me i say it's a big deal not just because he's a former panther but he actually knows football one two he's a former panther (laughs) and three like i enjoy listening to him his perspective and his takes and he doesn't just over involve himself like so many of the former athletes tend to do um it's it's just it's just a wild time like with some of these boys get danced like ugh. but he is a good one and and fox is even more in a uh, position of need now that they've lost troy aikman and joe buck they they've lost their lead guys uh, to espn we mentioned it here on the air a few year, uh weeks back but yeah they need somebody and so he's a good fit for them and so it'll be exciting to he's been absolutely he's been groomed as well so oh, he's done his time He's done his time. Yeah, without doubt. Now, we're talking about uh, other former players uh, talk while transitioning from a former player going into the booth to a current player going into the booth. Next up on Big Deal No Thing, New Orleans Pelicans, CJ McCollum joining ESPN as an NBA analyst. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I agree. Why you say? Look, man. They starting to stack the cards against your boy, Queen's very own. <laughs> let the let the ladies eat first. There's this IG uh, meme going around of Stephen A. when he was at Winston Salem, <laughs> like, "Yo, gentlemen, why don't y'all let the ladies eat first? But they're stacking the chips up against your boy, man. I mean, it, of course they they didn't cut him to check, mm-hmm. but as far as uh, you know, I won't say competition, but as far as just having people that's formidable. And can talk the game of basketball with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're putting him out there. And see, here's my thing for that. They need it. Um, because I'm sick of Stephen A. And when you have somebody who knows the game, um, who is the players, players, what is it? Uh, the player coalition president, he is also a graduate of, I think it was Lo- Loyola, was it? But he studied mass comm or communications in school and journalism. So it's his craft. It's his trade. Draymond Green is another one. Turner was was smart to lock him up when they did, knowing that, hey, yeah, he's a player, but he's also pretty good at this. Let's go ahead and get this guy on this microphone and, 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 and get us some good ratings. CJ McCollum is the future of basketball at that league because um, as much as I hate to say it, big country, it ain't hitting it. He, uh, he, he's just... Marcus Moody, I'm not I'm Moody, Marty, Market Moody, Moody, can't even talk half time. He doesn't do yo. He doesn't do his own social media. And for those who, um, I'm talking about big, Kirk, big perk. For those, I was about who, to say you talk about perk. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I like dude. I didn't like him when he was playing in the league. I, I'm not gonna lie and say I did. Wonder why I didn't like him when he was in the league. But anyway, he just he's just not where it's at. And even with Rich, Richard Jefferson, Richard is good, but he's goofy. I think CJ brings an authenticity that ESPN desperately wants for their coverage. Um, and Jalen's not getting no younger. 
nor is your guy with um, KJZ, not Z, because it's not Zuba no more. But um, uh, what's his boy? Your boy uh, got hurt with Duke from the motorcycle, drafted by the Bulls, Jay Williams. Um, so I see, I see it's a good move overall. Um, I really like CJ McCollum's game and his even his analyst abilities. He's 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 knowledgeable, um, intentful, seen, yeah. And he's very intentful with what he says, and he doesn't waste words. So shout out That's to that. That's always important. Them. Yeah, and I, I like I like the pool of talent that um, these different networks have to pull from. So you know, when the Mark Jacksons of the world, Jalen Roses of the world, first started in this thing, they had maybe NBC and then ABC slash ESPN where they could kind of apply for jobs. At nowadays, you got FS1, of course. You got NBA Game Time. You got all of the Valley sports channels mm-hmm. where, you know, these teams respectively regionally are. And then, of course, you got the big letters, the big four letters. And then, you know, of course, the NBCs of the world still, things like that, Three CBS. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot more opportunity out there. And it seems like when I was in college, a lot of the athletes chose sports management as their major and stuff like that. <laughs> but like I said, this, this puts a, a spark into guys to really do the work while they're in school, study this craft and study the art of journalism and media, and then take it seriously to, to compete at that next level, if you will, in that arena or in that area to, to try to vie for, vie for these spots. And not just because I was a name that played in the game, but because I had these credentials as well. Yeah. And and overall the, the media game is changing. I think a lot of folks, where the cold pizza days and the first take when it first established with Dana Jacobson and um, Buddy with the, with the two color eyes, um, first and ten, yeah, and the first and ten. Listen, skipping uh, 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 Buddy that went over the uh, around the horn when them battling. It's changed. It went from folks loving that back and forth drama and liking that engagement to now it's like, yo, we sick of hearing these gas bags, bro, and so. Even with regards to how the the networks have gotten their um, partnerships going on, if you notice, NF- ESPN is literally the worldwide leader in sports because although they may not have every game for every sport on everything, they got it. They got it. <laughs> they got it pretty darn close. Um, if you notice their NFL coverage, they've now breached over and have NFL network individuals and personalities coming on ESPN shows and vice versa. When they're doing draft coverage on the NFL, they got their guys interacting with one another. Same thing with the NBA uh, with the NBA playoffs. NBC and NBA, they, they got those partnerships where, not NBC, but um, Turner and ESPN have the partnership where, hey, we both got this. We might as well go ahead and acknowledge. That commercial that I saw that included Shaq and, uh, what's a little red name, um, that took... Um, the job, the jump, and remixed it to whatever she got it now. NBA Today, um, little light skin. Yeah, she took Rachel's job, but the little light skin short. I forget her name, but anyway, she was on the commercial with Shaq and them boys. It's long since been my like the dream finals for me would be to have Mike Breen calling the games, and then immediately after the games to go to Chuck and them boys and Shaq and them with the post game coverage. Man, that man. That would be some entertainment right there, especially with such a good matchup as this. Because honestly, I don't like TNT's like on air folks. They 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 kind of trash. Yeah, I just call it what it is. 
But at the same time, I don't want to hear Jalen and I don't want to hear uh uh get up. Come on, get up. What's yeah. the fella name? Uh none of them boys. I don't want to hear them and certainly not Steven, your frat Steven brother. A. Your 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 cute dog brother. Mm-hmm. I don't like that dude, bro. But anyhow, um, and so I, I like the way that it's changing. I like the direction that it's going. Who knows? They may just go ahead and need to call up Carolina Sports, talk to the big leagues and let us, you know what I mean, be a part of the yeah. The culture shift and change. So, I took I took your um your FS1 critique the other week as hyperbole, and I was like, all right, he's kind of kind of ran that into the ground a little bit. But then I like <laughs> try to sit through some segments of Undisputed mm-hmm. and Skip Skip literally Skip literally is the audio version of when you were in high school and had to write a fifteen page paper. And so you just like filler words like that's literally what skip is bro yep. and then he even stop he'll stop himself go on to like a sidecar tangent just to extend the conversation mm-hmm. to to like ob it's it's ob at that point and shannon does it as well but shannon's more kind of nuanced with it where he's read and he's got his notes there before him so it comes off a little bit more knowledgeable or educated but skip he like drags out every point that he's making where it you you just get exhausted by the time that he makes his point because it's like what dude what, what are, you- are you even talking about now bro like yep and see for me I, like I said I'd never been a fan of FS1 I tried it maybe once or twice when they first started getting popping but I, I it, they got nothing for me on none of their shows um Colin Cowherd Colin Cowherd may be one of the only ones on that network that I listen to. I'm going to tell you another uh, former guy that was out there, Jim Rome. I like Jim Rome. Jim kept it real. Jim had some perspective, but he because he was as real as he was, he rubbed, he rubbed too many folks the wrong way. Um, yeah, man, we it's the state of the sports entertainment or announcing is shifting. So I'll be interested to see mm-hmm. where it goes. Last up on Big Deal, no thing. I really don't even do it. So let's go ahead and skip over that. Anything you want to holler at the people before we get? Oh, crap. I tried real hard, too. The Carolina Hurricanes fall in game seven to the New York Rangers. Come Big again? deal or no thing? I will not. Uh, <laughs> Big deal, no thing. Big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Yo, can I get my <laughs> That's a big nah, deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say it's a big deal? And why are you wrong? Mm, 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 mm. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! Now, granted, you—I've talked behind your back, but also <laughs> kind of like not, 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 not regarding this, not regarding the hockey, but in a lot of ways, I'll, I'll, I'll tout to a lot of our mutual friends on your supreme confidence that you possess, brother, in a lot of spaces especially the sports world and it's it's definitely necessary that's that's that optimism is something that you need in a lot of different spaces however and it could have could have went whatever way it, it, it had to go regardless but you know sports Shadamas, when you're wrong you're wrong and the, the reason it's a big deal to me is because of who they lost to it, it had to be a new york team right <laughs> the rangers Hey, yo, I got nothing to say other than see me next season, bro. Like, 
this is just not my like i am in a drought out here yankees what are y'all doing man break your boy out of this man i ain't got a chip since 2020 and i'm barely even able to celebrate that one because it was in the bubble you see what i'm saying and and everybody was hating and then my cousin died the week after you know what i'm saying shout out to, like Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I say the night after the day that they won, I found out that my cousin had passed from COVID, man. And so like, I didn't really get to celebrate that one like that. You feel me? So like, I'm really, I'm I'm out here hurting like my Panthers, the Lakers, the Yankees. Like now, now I'm a hurricane. The aces two years ago, like everybody. And over the last two weeks, it was like, especially after our last recording, I was like, I hadn't heard too much from Cliff, but let me check in on the playoffs to see how they're, you know, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. And you know, they they were still in the in the it was still in the game. So I'm like, okay. Um, I was posting. As, I was posting on social media. But here's here's why I say it's no thing. Our goalie has had the two worst game, literally the two worst games of his career in game six and game seven. It's like, bro, why you wait till the sixth and seventh game of the second round to like bump your head and forget how to block pucks? Like, come on, bro. However, um, what what you gonna do? It is what it is. And I got one person on social media that I'm ducking, and I might as well go ahead and put it out there. I'm pretty sure that he's a listener, and I don't care if you come on my page because he's a Rangers fan too. If you come on my page. Talking that noise. Everybody will know because I'm going to screenshot you and block you. And yes, I'm that petty. Seems like I'm petty. Anyhow, DJ High Star, anything you want to highlight to people before we get them up, get them up out of here tonight, man? I don't want to end on a somber note, but definitely um, prayers to the families in Buffalo, prayers to the family in te- families in Texas. Um, over the last couple of weeks. The summer is, seems like they got off to a hot start this summer with the terrorism. And I just want to send my prayers and my thoughts out to these different families. Um, it's, it's a tough thing to watch. And I hate, I do not want us to get desensitized to this stuff, regardless of race, age, culture, religion. Hate is hate and it's wrong. And, um, like I said, prayers, prayers go out to all of the families, all of the families. You know what, bro? Um, I am a very firm believer in confirmation. We don't take and use this platform that we have weekly here with Carolina Sports Talk to talk politics, perspective, um, not even right or wrong, because we, we, we allow um, our listeners to do that on, them, on, on their own. I will use this time however to say that hate is wrong you are absolutely correct to hate an individual because the color of their skin because of the choices that they make the way that they decide to live their life hate is never good hate is never okay children shouldn't get killed in school children shouldn't get killed period children should not get killed in school black people shouldn't have to fear walking in a mall for worrying that somebody's going to pull out a gun and shoot them. Children shouldn't play in or go out on a downtown block party and have to worry about getting shot. 
y'all choose love with all of the heat that's coming with all the fun that's coming up shout out to juneteenth around the corner y'all let's be safe out here choose love not violence i'm big cliff in this carolina sports talk man we out of here peace